You are now listening to an all-new episode of Bubble Bath Stories with your hosts, Nikki Trends and Manny Oso. We would say, come back in two years, three years, we're going to give you a court case. You need Perry Mason. We're going to give you a court case. When you say they come back, they don't come back, Joe. Yeah. They never come back. Only the really... I hate to say this, but those with the lowest IQ, they might come back. Okay, President Trump, let's give Vice President Biden a chance to respond, and then we're going to move on to the guy. He looked like he really didn't hate to say it. Hey, guys, what's up? It's your girl, Nikki Trends. And it's your boy. Nah, that's me and my mic getting cut off. (laughs) Nah, Manny goes, I had to do the joke. They're doing it all over the internet. Um, as you guys, if you guys didn't know, what we were playing earlier was actually a snippet from the second presidential debate. The second and final. That was last week. And final. Um, I gotta say for this, for this one, it was, it was really hard to, to get through. Was it for you? Yeah. I think that I'm already over the bullshit. Yeah. That, uh, I'm, I'm just ready for this election to come and go. Um, I, it was pretty interesting to listen to and to watch. Um, I was able to find an audio version on a podcast. I guess uh, yeah, was C-SPAN does it. Pretty cool. Anyways, um, I didn't actually see a lot of the facial stuff that people have been telling me you got to go back and watch. <laughs> um, but I found it pretty entertaining, interesting. Uh, as far as eye-opening, I already had my choice made, but it just kind of reinforced some things. Well, I'll definitely say the moderator this time around yeah, a lot better. And I think by the third time, the candidates both knew to stop fucking around the moderator and oh, let her do her fucking job. Definitely shout out to Kristen Welker, um, second African-American woman to ever do a presidential debate, apparently. Uh, that's awesome. And the f- fact that Donald Trump tells her to her face that he's the least racist person in the room. <laughs> I guess he like he was he probably practiced that line in the mirror the night before. <laughs> he also thanked her. Yeah. He was like you're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, right. Um, nice pandering. <laughs> that was just one of the many things that went on for the 90 minutes. So yeah. let's start off with what is happening now? COVID nineteen. This is again been a question that's coming up in the debates. And I, I gotta tell you that even though President Trump, he himself has had Corona, still is telling the American people, guys, it's not a big deal. It's nothing to worry about. Without mentioning the fact, well, downplaying the fact that he's getting top notch care that a lot of Americans one aren't able to get, can't yeah. afford to get, or just don't have that. Um, available to them in their areas and where they live. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go back to later about the fact that it was socialized medicine um, <laughs> that he got care from. Um, but no, yeah, I, I found it interesting that when they bring up uh, as far as fault and blame, he, he said, I take full responsibility and then quickly says, it's not my fault. It came here. It's China's fault. Yes, right? So it's funny because Joe Biden was like, you were talking about, oh, China's great, they're handling it great, and now you're throwing them under the bus. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really fascinating here is that 
With all this time that's passed between the first debate, he still cannot pinpoint an actual plan. Of course not. Yeah. But Biden, on the other hand, is like, this is what we're going to do. Is that what you thought? Bang, bang, bang. I felt like he was more, he was giving me pinpoints of an actual plan and and Trump was not. Now, uh, to be honest, when I was listening to it, it really, I, I felt like that a lot of the things that Biden was saying we already were doing, you know, the separating, the social distancing, the mask. Um, to me, it kind of really sounded more like he was talking to the Trump supporters who aren't doing any of the safe stuff the social distancing and whatnot. And it was like, he was telling them he's doing a bad job. Like put me in charge. Like I didn't really hear anything different. I think what I think for me, what Biden, and again, I'm not a political commentator. I don't know. But I think what he was saying is that instead of letting each state decide what it is they want to do. I mean, like, let's take a look at Florida. Yeah. Florida has gone up. Yeah. In cases. And now the, the gov- their mayor is talking about, well, let's just open everything up to full capacity. Yeah. In New York, it is n- we're really taking steps. <coughs> and, and there is a spike in certain areas and certain boroughs in which the government is saying, well, now, you know, we may have to shut the- these areas down yeah. to help contain it. So I think when you see something as vastly as different as that... The people who live in those states aren't getting a clear picture of what is actually happening, right? So Florida people probably think New York people are being pansies. And us here in New York are thinking people in Florida are just like absolute nut jobs. Yeah. We're not all in. The, we're not on the same page here. We're not. And I guess you're right. He He's definitely talking about bringing um, unity as far as what we're going to do together for the virus. Um and it's kind of what we need, what needs to be done too, because you can't have each state having their own rules about stuff, especially when it comes to traveling. Obviously, people are still going to try to go business as usual and travel where they need to, but you can't go from one state where it's like every state in red you have to check in when you come back. No, yeah. And then those states in red, they can't equally they can't be like oh. Uh, business as usual, party all day, 100% capacity, like there isn't still a virus out there. So the other thing, and here's why I would say Trump doesn't have a plan. I think he's pulling a Hail Mary with this imaginary vaccine that he says that's going to keep, that's coming in a few weeks. It's been coming for a few weeks for months now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what also throws me a little off is that he keeps mentioning the military. Yeah. When it comes to this. Um, One of the things I found interesting was that he is allowing... Well, I guess it's... I I don't... Again, I'm not a politician. I don't know how this works. But the fact that Big Pharma is what's throwing their hat... Or the people throwing their hats in to create the vaccine is worrisome. Because that also means that disadvantaged... Um, races such as Spanish people, black people in certain areas aren't going to be able to afford this vaccine. Mm-hmm. Is what I hear when you're telling me Johnson and Johnson and you That's- know another pharma company are they're doing a great job trying to come up with something in weeks when it's been disputed that in actuality it's not going to be weeks. Well, you you caught him when he said uh, it's going to be weeks in in weeks, and then she said by the end of the year. Uh, no, she said everybody's saying in the not into well until twenty twenty one. Yeah, and then he says, well, it's going to be by the end of the year. The end of the year is two months over two months away. Yeah, that's like that's like what 
nine weeks. <laughs> yeah, but officials on his team are actually telling him. But Bro, that's a big no. jump from the type of wording you're using. Uh, just weeks. You think maybe one to three weeks. Well, listen, he thinks, and then you say by the end of the year, that's like nine weeks. That's two over two months well, away. He dude. also thinks he's immune. But how can you still how can you still support a person? who uses the wording like that. How is that not politician 101 right there? Right, so that brings us to another point. Um, Mr. I'm not a politician. <laughs> he kept talking about how Joe Biden wants to close everything and that mm -hmm. not everybody can hide in a basement. Joe Biden's hiding in a basement because, you know, all this stuff. But And how he wishes he could be in the White House hiding in one of their glorious rooms. But when you think about it, he's one of the presidents who's taken the most trips to golfing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we spent over, what, like, correct me if I'm wrong out there, but from what I hear, like, over millions of dollars or whatever with just his golf trips alone. Uh, correct me with the, with the right number out there, please. Um, one thing, though, before we get off the whole subject of what's going on with a COVID cure and all that, I kind of find it like Biden won't acknowledge that there's going to be more shutdowns. If this doesn't get better. Well, he made a point when he said. And, and I, I thought, feel like he has, he, he should acknowledge that because I it's something that's going to happen. If we don't I don't think he's hiding it. What? And I liked what he said when he said, you got to shut down the virus and not the city. Mm -hmm. And had Trump, although he already had the information in January, had he not waited so long to tell the American people, then we wouldn't. I mean, think about it. Maybe we wouldn't have such massive shutdowns the way that we did. We were already in the height of it once we were already in it. Okay, there was no going back, you know, um, in March. Yeah. It was really heightened. So, you, you know, I think that had we done something about it in January, the minute that we found out about it, I mean, even in December yeah. of 2019, the outcome wouldn't have been so harsh. As far as, what I'm saying as far as though um, with transparency, um, Welker specifically asked him if shutdowns were going to come during his administration and he wouldn't acknowledge that yeah there's going to be shutdown he skirted around that question as if he doesn't want people to use that against them which i get it you wouldn't want anybody to use that against you but the truth is if we don't get it under control there will be other shutdowns yeah but if and we, he should have i feel like he should have said yes if well, we don't get this under control there will be shutdowns but that in ways he did say that because okay. when he says things like we need to know how to walk and chew gum yeah it's like we can prepare for shutdowns if we need to but that shouldn't be the go-to plan but in order to make the economy efficient and to continue to keep things open mm -hmm. we a lot of money has to be spent to prepare these things and that's not what's happening okay um, so I will, I will agree there. Maybe not using being so blunt about it yeah. is more of a tactic, but if you read in between the lines, he's, you know, he's not saying it's not going to happen. Yeah. He's not saying it is going to happen. He's just saying, let's look at other outcomes for it. Y'all, if we don't get this under control, there will be other shutdowns. Well, what obviously. Did you, what did you think about the teacher comment though? Um, from because because Trump said, um, as far as opening schools, he said, I want to open up the schools. The transmittal rate to teachers is very small. I, I honestly, I didn't understand it. I'm going to be what he that? was basically saying. Uh, we can risk a few teachers, a few hundred, a few hundred thousand teachers. We got to open up the schools. 
yeah, He's, I mean, okay, and Joe Biden said, had you put in the money yeah. that a lot of money is needed, he saw a possibility in that. But it, but it, it was just an example as, a, as another one of the things he's saying where he's like, yo, if you guys aren't listening to him, he's basically saying, if you have a mom out there that's a teacher, he's basically saying she's she expendable. <laughs> she ain't She's expendable. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some things that he that Trump said that I was like, ugh, unfortunately it's like true. What? When he was saying that shutting everything down did cause a spike in abuse, I mean, it wasn't it anything that we heard about. A lot of people worried about victims of domestic violence, child abuse, uh, alcoholism, drug use. Dr- uh, depression and suicide i mean a lot of the stories that we've seen covered covered in the news has been a lot about all the spikes in these so yeah it's true but also what good are we doing by opening everything up if millions of families are losing yeah loved ones because you know i don't i can't be home anymore i need to get my hair dyed like you know yeah um so well yeah that that's um on that, like when he started mentioning um, Whitmer, Governor Whitmer, mm-hmm. I really thought that was really inappropriate. With without, because <laughs> the guy won't condemn the racist groups, right? <laughs> and then he mentions the governor that was being a plan was to kidnap her. <laughs> oh yeah, that one only, of those racist that groups. only her husband's allowed to do anything. Yeah, like why are you even mentioning that lady, man? Don't mention her. <laughs> she almost like lost her life. Yeah, her life. like if you get like you gotta. Oh, God, this is something that guy was saying. Um, anyways, I wanted to know if you, because I had to look it up. But I do. Do you know what about anything about this three million dollars he keeps claiming Biden's getting from Russia? Honestly, so I looked it up, and just a quick, and we'll I put a link up on our page. Are you talking about his son? Yeah. So the whole claim, <coughs> the whole claim is that. Um, a lady named Elena Butrina. She's a Russian businesswoman who was married to the late mayor of Moscow. Okay. Uh, Moscow, I believe it was. Yeah, he was a, the mayor of Russia. That part is true. The claim is that she sent $3.5 million in 2014 to a firm called Rosemont Seneca Thornton as a um, consultant fee. Uh, Hunter Biden helped find a company called Rosemont Seneca Advisors. There is actually no evidence these companies are related to each other. It's a conspiracy theory thing. Okay, <laughs> that so, he keeps throwing back out there. Okay, so here's my thing, right? Yeah. People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I don't like. I'm not interested in the conspiracy yeah. of family members because if we want to talk conspiracy, because I've been we wondering literally what talk he's about been talking about every Trump kid. Yeah, and I've been wondering though what he's been talking about. I had to look that up. Um, I because they had a, they fact 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 checking. I also know. feel like this is such a this is such a reach. Yeah, in order to gain more voters, but. You know, if you can, you can, he was just so disrespectful in the first debate when he bought up his, when uh, Trump bought up Biden's deceased son, mm-hmm. who's a military vet or was a military vet. Um, and the fact that he bought up his other son's drug abuse, I mean, why that he, he grabs low hanging fruit. I'm not interested in the kids. I'm interested in what the fathers have to offer me. Well, Biden even told him that too. He this guy doesn't know who he's running against. 
Uh, he's running against Joe Biden. He's not running. Against- oh yeah, that was that was tough. How he did that? Oh, right? you saw he that? He was like the clap back. Okay, he was okay, like first, first of all. <laughs> Yo, he did that. I was like, yo, gangsta GB. That's, that's, uh, that's going to be one of those videos where the sunglasses show, yeah. the OG. <laughs> <laughs> he, must, <laughs> he must not. I thought he was about to a uh, freestyle battle rap. He, he was like, you don't even know who you're going against. Like, <laughs> First off, fuck you, bitch. The click you claim. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's skip. Let's get to the American people, all right? One of the big things, again, that came up was... Yeah. Health insurance and health Oh, yeah. And his, uh, his, his... Ah, the word of the day is... Shh, pre-existing conditions. Ah! I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. And Yo, it's, you got a clock every single time he says that, pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions. I like, though, how on the last debate he let it slip and he was like, we're always going to protect the Republicans. Uh, well, you know, I switch around parties a lot, but we're going to protect pre-existing conditions. <laughs> I appreciate that Joe Biden said, I don't care about red or blue states. I'm, yeah. I am, if elected, I'm going to be an American president. And even if, and he dropped the statistics. A lot of these red states are in no position to think that they're rolling in the dough, that they don't need any help. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that he said that. But let's talk about this for a second. He was, Trump was guns blazing saying, Biden, you know, you've been in politics all this time. You never did anything. You didn't do anything. But Trump has been in office for full, almost four years, a full, complete four years. And has been talking about getting rid of Obamacare for four years and hasn't done anything to implement a plan. I don't, he doesn't even have a clear, concise plan. Yeah. Um, so I thought, what did you take from that? Well, I, my take from the when Biden claims that Trump cannot cover pre-existing conditions, um, like I said, that's the, like the buzzword that he kept using. The thing is, too, is that since there's really, because every court even says that there's no way that they can do that with a, with when the insurance companies are in charge, basically. Right. Because they're not going to cover people with diabetes, people with mental health issues. Anything also is a pre-existing condition. I mean, all the people who have COVID and that's, survived. And that's the problem. Everybody that survived with COVID, that's going to be a pre-existing condition. You know, and that's why I kept sticking to that because it's like, that's, it feels like that's the the thing that he thinks is going to get sway people to him. Right. But it's like you keep using this word and it almost it sounds like you don't even know what it means. Um I mean he going to learn today cuz he has covid and that's a pre-existing condition. Yeah, right? Um I think that uh let's see. Just also it was funny when he said <laughs> that <laughs> he said Nancy Pelosi is waiting for a little date called November 3rd. Yo, why does he hate Nancy um, Pelosi so much? I'm sure the name of the date is election day. <laughs> Did he, he forget what that was called? <laughs> he kept like ramming her. He was like, I wanted to do all this stuff. And the moderator's like, hey, you're the president. And he's like, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. Can you? Okay, so he kept mentioning social socializing medicine. Or what it socialist. 
Uh, well, he it? was saying that um, under Biden, medicine was going to become socialized, like a socialism government kind of stuff. So, what does that mean exactly? Because I wasn't sure. It just means that we pay for everybody's insurance. Um, and if you're against that, to be honest, screw you. We should be paying for every single citizen's health. How the hell are we going to prosper as a people if we're not covering everybody's health? So... Um, that makes a lot of sense. That's I, all I'm saying. And I now, there's agree. people who are against that because they say it's going to cut in on a lot of uh, funding for other programs. Like what? School? Well, fucking cut getting... military a little bit. Maybe like one percentage of a percent. And that'll help a lot of people. I, um, so you and I had a conversation about Obamacare. Yeah. And what I had said to you was, and I kind of had this revelation, when Obamacare first came out, it was in my... 20s or you know or whenever it came out and i remember looking at the prices of what i would have to pay mind you i couldn't i hadn't been established in my career yet and i was thinking this is so expensive like i there's no way i'm gonna be able to afford this and so i went a really long time Mm -hmm. without insurance same here same thing happened to me and i remember being pissed off because i was like oh i'm gonna get taxed when i did my taxes i probably got taxed like 80 bucks about it right yeah but I never thought about the people who have pre-existing conditions and how hard it was for them to get insurance and how this really helped them out. Mm -hmm. So I can understand people are only thinking about themselves and not what's for the greater good, which is human instinct, right? Yeah. We, you know, we do that as humans. But I also had Medicare or Medicaid, whichever one's not for old people. Yeah. (laughs) And I got to tell you. Had I not had that, uh-huh. and I had to go into surgery for a gallbladder, I would have been paying, still paying for that. And I always, I joke, but a part of me is very real. Yeah. If I had not had Medicaid and had gallbladder issues, I would have just suffered with it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know so people why? who have issues that they just suffer with it for the same reason. Um, I didn't go, and I'm actually going to tell you from the other side of the coin, I didn't have the coverage as well during that time period and i'll tell you at first being a being a kid of that age being a young adult i thought it was because i couldn't afford it when i look back to it i could have afforded it i chose not to you know well because you're thinking that three hundred dollars a month you would do with something else yeah and so right right now though how i'm thinking about how it would help other people if we had something like that you know making it even like that where we might be paying more like i get the concept of what they're going for right and i really am backing it that we should be we should be supporting the health of every single person in this country at the minimum we can't save the world but why can't we save most of the people that live here right right we should be doing that and when you put the companies in charge they're going to decline everybody they want because that's more money that they're paying. Have you ever seen part three of Saw? <laughs> <laughs> that's why he was doing it. Wait, what? Explain. Explain. Because he got declined for the surgery for his cancer. Oh. Because of a pre-existing condition. <laughs> you really have a way of connecting things. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, all right. Moving along. Um, oh, yeah. Moving along. I, I did. Well. Listen. Yeah. I want to talk about the argument between raising minimum wage. Now, 
Trump made a good point about how states differ according to what their needs are. Yeah. So, like, if you ever seen those lists of, like, let's say you have a $500,000, what a house could, what $500,000 could buy in New York versus, yeah, like, but, anywhere yeah. else. And it's always, like, a mansion everywhere else. Yeah, and we always do that because we used to live in Florida, so we know the difference between the South and the North. And so Trump was basically saying it should be up to those states to decide what their minimum wage is. Yeah. Biden, on the other hand, is like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have a, no one should have a degree, work five jobs, and mm-hmm. still be so damn close to the poverty line. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So, um, I did write a couple things down about that, actually. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. Um, with Trump, he is more about the states have their individual say of what they're going to do. Uh, Biden wants to do a policy as far as blanket uh, right. federal law. Um, I gotta tell you though, I, because of the way I see things, I do think it is a state thing. He said it in a way that I wouldn't ever want somebody to try to explain it. He said something about like, oh, um, I've been to places. I know places. Places are different. (laughs) Like he read a doctor's book. All the places you can go. All the places the economy can go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he said it really dumb. But I actually, I'm on the I'm on the side of saying that states should differ on minimum wage. There should definitely be a minimum livable wage in every single state. Right. But it can't be a, a blanket thing because I doubt 15 bucks an hour does anything for anyone in California. Yeah. So places like that yeah. and like New York, these metropolitan yeah. areas. Yeah. No, $15 is like a help. But when you, but it's, you know... This is how I feel businesses balance that. You want more money, great, but now I'm going to cut your hours. So it's not like you're making more money because if the hours aren't there, then how... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do agree. It has to be a livable wage. Definitely. Because $15 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania could probably get you a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But $15 if you're working in Long Island, what is that? what can that do? you know that's the thing like every single place is different everybody every area's economy is different and the dollar is not the same everywhere i think if you're gonna raise minimum wage by a certain i think raise minimum wage by a percentage Mm -hmm. and that percentage has to allow the american people to have a livable wage because the percentages will always the outcome of that percentage will always be different yeah. So ten percent increase in New York is going to be a hell of a lot different than a ten percent increase in Wisconsin. I would say if you went with a federal minimum wage of fifteen something an hour, I say honestly, great. Every place should be giving somebody a livable wage, but I would hope in places where they need more, people are out there trying to make a difference in that. Right. Because it's not enough here in New York. Now, yeah, of course, you want to go for... No, I got to tell you, I hate it when people downplay regular jobs out there. When they say When they say something like, oh, um, yeah, McDonald's is a great starting job, but you're supposed to want to do much more. Well, you know what? Not every place can have 20 area managers. I mean, not for nothing. Like, I, I get that you should go for more, but... No, you also shouldn't have to go for two full-time jobs to be able to feed your kids. 
if Absolutely. you're if you're creative and doing more with your life thing is your kids, for example. Right. You know, not everybody wants to go to the moon. Yeah. It's, you're, you're saying things like that should be normalized. Yeah. Which we've had conversations about. I don't not every kid's fit for college. Yeah. And exactly. there should be more. um there should be more information, more push about vocational. Because let me tell y'all motherfuckers something. Yeah, I did be a CEO. four years in college, and there are people that I know with blue-collar jobs that are making so much more money than me. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm like, what was I doing those four years? But not even, like, the whole money thing. Like, to be honest, that... Goals, you mean. It, it should be... There are goals in life that aren't going to make you money. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we should all take a year off and go to Europe or nothing. You know, I'm not trying to be hippy dippy about it. But a person who's just trying to make sure that their kids are going to school and being well maintained, they shouldn't be having to work two jobs to do that. And it takes time out of raising your family and and being with your family to be the CEO. And it causes... Not everybody has to want to be a CEO. It causes more bills you have to pay. You got to pay for childcare. And now you got to pay, you know, for extra things if your kid wants to do something. Now it kind of hinders them from being able to do it because who's going to take them to do these things if I have to work two jobs and... And some of that stuff stops people from being community leaders too. Yeah. You know, why, why would you take time out of your day... To go start a community garden or volunteer or volunteer for stuff if you have to get paid first. You have to like find a job. I get it. We all got to find a job. But there are things that need to get done for the world that nobody's going to pay you for. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So moving on to immigration. Yeah. (laughs) I just had to pause so many times and rewind for this. Yeah, that was probably the part that where I was more like, the The fact this hurts. that the fact that he was bigging up how clean these cages <laughs> how clean these cages were and how well taken care of these kids are but couldn't answer why 525 kids cannot be reunited with their kids. He kept ending all his um all his pair all his responses to who built the cages. Which is something that, which is something that conspiracy theory people say. <laughs> well, you know, Obama and Biden actually built the cages. But yet he couldn't answer why 525 kids couldn't be reunited. He wouldn't go near that question. He kept switching it. He kept switching it around. And then he wants to switch it to what Obama and Biden did during their administration. He couldn't answer anything about those 500 kids. Children, the, children, the 500 children though, right? plus. The arrogance of him saying, no, they're well taken care of. Mm-hmm. We have reporters coming down. and it's are, the, Of course, anything's going to be great when reporters come. Yeah. But let's think about all the undercover work that was done to really shed light on what's going on down there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the fact that he even said these kids were bought by coyotes, cartels, and gangs. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if they came with their parents, their parents aren't coyotes because you have to pay coyotes to get you across the border. These parents, the kids aren't paying the parents to take them across. And if I'm not mistaken, cartels aren't going to use children. They're going to use adults who can get on airplanes to get mules to transfer anything. Um, And gangs, I don't know. 
I feel like if you're a gang in Mexico, you're not looking to get kids back into the U.S. to recruit. Listen, the only way I believe that Trump knows anything about coyotes and smuggling people is because he uses is because he probably does that stuff. Yeah, think about all the people who work for his establishments. But you know, that's just speculation. I guess <laughs> <laughs> there's no proof he doesn't. There's no proof he does. Well, Anyways, um, um, I did. I want. I actually wanted to know what you thought. Um, flipping the coin the other side, um, Biden, did you catch when he said, when they were asking about the previous administration with him and Obama about how there were record um, uh, catches, there were record people being deported and stuff, which if you look it up, that stuff yeah, was true. true. Um, but when he was asked about it, he said, <laughs> we made a mistake. Uh, it took a long time. I'll be president, not vice president. It did it kind of feel like he was shady as fuck. Shady as fuck um, <laughs> towards think, Obama right there. But you know, and I was yelling I, at he was the like, TV. I wasn't president then. I was <laughs> yelling at the TV about this because I was like, because Trump kept saying, "Well, come on, Joe, you were vice president," and I'm like, "What the fuck does Pence do? Like, let's rule. I need to know. Like, yeah. what is he in charge of?" You know what's funny is if you watch that sh- that movie Vice with um. Bradley Cooper was it Bradley Cooper that played him? Um, that well, you know Dick the movie, Cheney. the Dick Cheney. Yeah, thing? the Dick Cheney movie. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Bale. Christian, yeah, yeah. Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale. Great Australian actor, and he played Vice President Cheney. And on that movie, when they were asking Cheney if he wanted to be president, Vice President, and run with Bush. He even said right there, I don't know how true it is, but he was even like, oh, well, vice president is more like a ceremonial position. I don't really do anything. So He had to ask for extra power right there. So when he said that, when Biden said, I was vice president then, one, I, let's, one he admitted he was wrong. And I don't think a lot of politicians do that in, when they serve in, uh, in past administrations. And so for him to just be like, yeah, it was it was bad. But I wasn't. One, it's a cheap shot because it's like, that's not me. That's my crew, but that's not me. But on the other hand, he's right because what could what did he what, what power did he have over the actual president? Right, like. But he admitted it was wrong. Yeah, he did. So now he, you and know, he admitted that if he becomes president, he made a mistake. He said, if he becomes president, yeah. he really has to do everything in his power to change that. Or else he's no better than Trump. So that's going to be one of those situations, though, where I was thinking about it during the the debate that I don't see Biden getting reelected after if he wins this one. Well, obviously. I don't. Yeah, I don't see him at all getting reelected for a second term for a number of reasons. Because <laughs> there's expectations and there's blowing you out of the fucking water. If he doesn't blow us out of the fucking water, he we might get a Republican president after him. Um, one of the things that I, <laughs> all right, let's talk about this clip that we played in the beginning of the show. Yeah. I, <laughs> where, uh, somebody wasn't ready with the mute button. <laughs> First of all, that mute mic shit was, I, no, it was not used to the fullest extent. It was not. Um, but I will say this. <sighs> I really feel Trump contradicted himself and... He had to have known it, right? So they're talking about this release and what is it? Capture and catch, release. Catch and release. Which is basically what? Like, where they were um, during the Obama's administration where they would catch you 
um, as far as INS, um, if you weren't committing a crime, if it was just like, a, like we just caught you kind of thing, they would give them a court date. It would usually take like two years to get a court date with immigration. Mm -hmm. So that's why they kept saying two years. Mm -hmm. um, you would just have to come back, plead your case as far as why you're, why you smuggled into the country, like mm -hmm. what you're doing. Like amnesty almost? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, and so the whole idea is you would come back to the court date. Trump was claiming that only 1% of people would actually come. So here's where he contradicts himself. He says, listen, bad people were coming in. Uh, rapists were coming in. Uh, murderers were coming in. Bad people, bad people. So we can't keep them in jail. We, you know, we got to capture them and then release them into our society. And then we have to send Border Patrol. And we have to send ICE after them because they're not coming to their court days. Yeah. And, you know, but if they do, I really don't mind saying this. That's an ad lib. Uh, they don't have, they have pretty low IQs. So. They're bad people, but they're stupid if they actually show up to their court. I like how does explain what, to me how that's not a contradiction. Well, what he was basically also saying in that part of the sentence, um, because we'll get to the other part of his sentence. Um, what he was basically saying there is that if you go to court in his during his administration, you're not going to get anything. You're going to be deported as soon as you go to court. Uh, which okay. is this? Which is this? The the fear of doing of going and pleading your case, but. He's basically saying, no, we're going to put you in jail. We're going to throw you back in your country regardless. Um, and that's why Biden was mentioning that this is the, one of the only times that people have ever had to plead for, a, for amnesty in the country they're trying to flee. Mm. Usually can do it here. <laughs> you know, I appreciate how passionate. I mean, like, when Trump was talking about it, it was very like, nah. Like, yeah, no, it's fine. When he was speaking about it, he was speaking passionately about it. Like, yeah. how disgusting it is that we can't find these kids' parents. How yeah. disgusting it is that they're in their state, that their country that they're looking to escape from, having to explain why, they're, why they want to escape it, and just how we're a laughing stock because of it. Yeah. Well... That being said, laughing stock, I gotta give a big clap to Kristen Welker for stopping um, Trump <laughs> before he became a, probably a laughing stock again, and probably stopping him before he said something super racist. Because all he, he claimed that those people are dumb, you know, really, I don't know where he was going, but I guarantee everybody in the audience was like, up on their chair, like, what is he about to say? And you know she saw that in his lips and said, and how to stop him. What was offensive when he said in the first place? And I'm thinking to myself, like, nobody on his mute button was like, we have to stop. That doesn't make good TV. I get that. That does not make good TV. Yo, I don't know what he was going to say, but I would love to know what he was going to say. Moving on to the last thing. I know we're supposed to be 15 minutes. We're already going on 40. That's fine. Race in America. Oh, that was the worst part of the debate to me because it was very, very, very disrespectful how he took the race question and turned it into a Russia question. <laughs> yeah, like what? Uh, like, yo, seriously? 
She asks you to look into the camera and speak to Black American families. And you turn this into a Russia question. <laughs> when he said, I'm the least racist person, and I can't see into the crowd because it's so dark, but I have to be the least racist person in this room, is basically saying, I can't be racist. I have a black friend. Yeah. Look my at, closest friends are black. There's one up there. <laughs> and you said that to a, They're great people. They're all great people. That, that was... That was the soundbite right there. I'm the least racist person in this room. Joe Biden handled it nicely. He said, I've, I have a daughter who's a social worker. She's yeah. written a lot about this. I'm, I have never had to tell my daughter, make sure you have your hands on 10 and 2. Don't reach for the glove compartment. Make sure, you know, don't wear a hoodie. And he goes, but that's not the reality for everybody in America. So, yeah, she was asking about the talk. Mm-hmm. where parents yeah. talk to their children about what's going to happen when... How to be around... How to act around police. Yeah. Um, she asked him what his thoughts are on that, and he just starts mentioning all these things he's done for the economy for black people. He didn't answer. He That's didn't, what I'm saying. It wasn't a like, clear like, answer. So you have no opinion on the talk. You don't... You don't... That's not even a political thing right there. That's just like... That's just like, do you know anything about that? He's so far... I don't don't know a lot of black kids. He's so far removed. I've never heard about the talk. He's so far removed from what normal, everyday people are like that it's not... It's really not even funny at this point. But what I would like to say is Biden, for the clapback of the moment, when he said, oh, this is the guy... Who was ready to, who was relentless when he was a private citizen for the Central Park Five kids mm-hmm. to get the death penalty when they were innocent of a crime? And I was like, somebody watched the Netflix movie. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And you know what? That's not, guys, that's not um, a conspiracy. That was, he, there's audio, that, there's video. It's nothing that it has, was taken out of context. The actual guy who killed the lady was caught. And he confessed. And he confessed. Yeah. And he confessed. So when he says things like that, I'm happy that Biden was like, hello, hello, hello. And also... Central Park Five. <laughs> and also, when Trump put out that thing in the newspaper about them... Oh, yeah, that he bought He ad. also called them bad stuff like that, too. So, I mean, like... Dude, did you not watch your own Netflix movie? <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I got, honestly, um, I'm ready. I gotta watch this Netflix Central Park 5, I hear they mentioned me. (laughs) I got, I cannot wait for November 3rd to come. I really can't. Definitely. It's, I... It's creeping up on us. This is going to be a very... circus. This is going to be a very, very weird week leading up to it. Um, I really feel like we're going to find some fastballs being thrown at us. Oh, some rapid stuff that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) This Ice Cube 50 Cent situation. Let's talk about it real quick. All right, so 50 Cent says he is throwing his hat in for Trump. Because he doesn't want to be taxed because 62%. he's, a, million, he's yeah. a millionaire. Yeah, 62%. Um, um, I think I he's hear, talking shit. And I hear those are misleading numbers that they're putting up there. Um, so I'm wondering where he's getting, where, how often. I mean, he's... If you notice, his his posts all say <laughs> to subscribe to stars. So it could just all be for the publicity. I think it is. Definitely. Uh, I, don't, 
I don't listen to anything 50 Cent says. Definitely. I don't think he says anything worth. And I think it's terrible that anybody out there is going to use that as uh, a sway for themselves. Right. You know, if you're going to put that out to try to sway other people, fuck you. And if you're using that as a reason to vote for Trump, you don't, you got to look at other Instagram stuff. So let's listen to somebody who does have, whose opinion is worth something. Ice Cube is asking the Trump administration to do some of the stuff for these for black people. The platinum package yeah. is what we're talking about. He wants to call them out on it. And listen, he didn't just reach out to the Republican Party. He reached out to Democrats and Republicans. And let me tell you something. The thing I'm upset about is the Democratic Party stopped playing by the rules. You, The Democratic Party should have immediately taken his phone calls, should have met with him, regardless of what's going to happen. Talk about the photo op. Okay, but like not even that, regardless of what they think is going to happen, waiting to talk about it after the election is no longer good enough. Yeah, it's not. However, this bullshit, and I say bullshit, capital letters, underline, bold, all caps, is a bait it's it has all the smells of a bait and switch he had four years to do it he didn't do shit it's the 11th hour he's pulling a hail mary and you know what we and you know what we we heard um an interview with killer mike basically saying the same thing yeah these are he these are great points why are we not pushing the democratic party to do the same shit we so, should be we should ask for accountability throughout the board. Push push them. And the Democratic Party should really be a little more open about it. Um about listening and taking these meetings before the election. It's not about jinxing at this point. It's really about the people don't want to hear your words anymore. They want to see action. Definitely. So when you see somebody as successful as Ice Cube who's who's done it all, basically say the Trump administration took my call. They did this. Um, so I don't know. I'm not upset if he wants to vote for Trump. Yeah. Because that package does have legitimate good stuff. You know, I was about to say, um, it's obviously Ice Cube is not poor. He no longer lives in the hood. He doesn't need that anymore. Uh, he's got money and I'm pretty sure he the financial part of it. He probably wouldn't vote for Trump just because of that. I get that. The cool thing is that he's not out there. Hustling. Hustling it, trying to say like, oh, what the fuck? I'm voting for Trump. He's out there saying, look, I reached to both parties. I Trump administration called back. This is just what we've been talking about. He's being transparent about that. And it doesn't mean he's going to vote for him either. doesn't mean he's going to vote for him. I think it's to say, hey, Democrats. Yeah. Look, this could have been you. Stop fucking around. Um, but yeah, guys. Woo! Let us know what you think, though. Um, if you got bait, were able to catch the final debate and it did any of it in there sway you? Let us know. I want to know. And you guys could find out what fact we're... check us t- today too. Let us know. You guys, you guys could find out what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Bubble Bath Stories. Uh, you can find me at Got No Time for this. And you can find me at Nikki Trends on Instagram. Guys, thank you so much. And just to let you guys know, we'll be officially launching our website this Friday. And we can't wait for you guys to check it out. We'll be selling merch on the website. Definitely. I know a lot of y'all been asking, and we got it ready. And you'll also get to see some some of the episodes we've done with past guests. So without further ado, we bid you a good one. Good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.